Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, August 30th, 2020. Coming at you live from the Hockey Night New York studios on Long Island for a little pre-game edition of Hockey Night in New York presented by Oyster Bay Brewing Company. Big show coming up as we get ready for Game 4. Molly Walker from the New York Post will be joining us to talk all things Isles. And we are powered by Go Hockey Media, presented by Oyster Bay Brewing Company, creator of the Barn Rocker Session Ale and official partner of the New York Islanders. Located at 36 Audrey Avenue in Oyster Bay, head on down to sample all their fine offerings in the tap room, open seven days a week with indoor and outdoor seating. We are also sponsored by Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Head on over for great food, great people, and great Islander fans, and check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com. And we are sponsored by Thai Technology, a voiceover IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. If you're tired of dealing with long hold times and the impersonal service of companies like Spectrum, Optimum, and Verizon, give Thai Technology a call. That's T-I-E Technology at 516-856-7800. They are from Long Island, and even better, they are diehard Islander fans. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me, as always, is Mr. Christian Arnold. Christian, how are you? I'm doing well. We've had another exciting week of playoff hockey between the Islanders and Flyers, and things are going well for the Islanders. Yeah, you know, the scheduling was changed up a bit. The the players elected to postpone games on Thursday and Friday to protest social injustice. Thus delaying games three and four for the Isles and games for the rest of the league. So good job by the players and the league to raise awareness. We at Hockey Night in New York support their cause. And the games are back. They came back last night. And we had three games, the first three games of this series since the last show. So we got a lot to cover, buddy. (laughs) Exactly. So with that being said, though, to the ice... You got a 2-1 lead for the Islanders over the Philadelphia Flyers. And honestly, Christian, could have been 3-0 if I do say so myself. <laughs> if not for a, a little sleepy first period from Semyon Varlamov. Uh, finally showed some chinks in the armor in Game 2 against the Flyers. But you know what? He's been playing so good during this pl- postseason. So I think we give him a little mulligan there. So with that being said, Christian, what do you say? C.A.? Yeah, it was uh, very well could have been, and it nearly was three nothing. Uh, you know, in this series, considering the fact that the Islanders came back in Game Two um, and forced the game to overtime, which was huge, and the fact that the Islanders have really been outside of maybe the first period and a half, not maybe outside of the first period and a half of that game too. The Islanders have been the better team for a oh, majority yeah. of this series, and even Absolutely. last night when the Islanders didn't play their best in the first twenty minutes of the game and they fell behind early. Um, you know, we've talked about resiliency a lot when it comes to the New York Islanders. And again, the resiliency That's of right. this team uh, showed through yet again, led by the veteran leadership of some of the bottom six guys. So the Islanders are in a good spot and, and things are starting to look good and starting to resemble a little bit of 1993 here. You know, it's true, although in a in a very different fashion. I mean, that team in 93, you know, when you were just a, a wee babe, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> fought tooth and nail for those wins. I mean, you're talking... Overtime win after overtime win, courtesy of, of folks like Ray Ferraro. I mean, huge hero during that series. And I'm sure Islander fans a, a little older like myself remember those games very well. That was, a, that was a fun time. And really, I mean, the most exciting time probably for Islander fans since the, the dynasty. You know, I mean, going to that conference final. But again, like that team had to, talk, to, to claw tooth and nail. This team is a little different, though. I mean, they they really took care of business against the Panthers. They they swept the Capitals aside pretty quickly. Thankfully, there was no you know a repeat of a Dale Hunter <laughs> incident this time around with the Capitals in the first round. That's that's good. Although Tom Wilson did try his best, 
And now you have this two to one, you know, series lead against the the Flyers, and we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Obviously, there's there's more games to be played, including tonight. But they're off to a two to one series lead. This is not the Pittsburgh Penguins of the 1993 series no. where they had to go seven games and, and look at more overtime heroics. Thank you, David Volok and Ray Ferraro once again. But you have to like what you're seeing out of this team to start this series. Like I said at the top, this could be three nothing right now. Yeah, the Islanders have been playing good hockey, and I think one of the things that's been the common theme this entire postseason for the New York Islanders, and that's really been their system and their five-on-five play, and it's continued to be the narrative for the New York Islanders. And look, people obviously who are not Islander fans and um, not necessarily uh, enthralled by the style of play the Islanders Islanders have in – you know, enlisted during the postseason. Yeah. They've called it boring. and We but should talk about that. Too. But it's been effective. And you know what? At, at, at a certain point, you just kind of got to go, this team is executing on all cylinders when it's playing their style of play. When they're getting, in the, when they're playing well in the transition game, when they're creating, um, you know, opportunities with strong defense and then transitioning out. And then obviously, like we saw the other night, when they get the lead, they go back and they play very good defense. And again, it, it may be boring. It, you know, no one loved the trap when the Devils did it, but they were successful. Successful when they did it, and they won cups well, when look, they did it. They, first of all, they're not playing a trap, okay? They're, that the trap is gone. It died in the nineties. You can't do it anymore. I mean, they're, yes, they're playing defensive, but yeah. and and I'd love to give credit to whomever threw it out there on Twitter. I did see a tweet. Somebody said, "Hey, they're only boring for the for the fans of the teams that are losing to yes. the Islanders." Oh, a hundred percent, no doubt. They're playing good, exciting. Look at game two. Even though that didn't work out in the Islanders' mm-hmm. favor, I mean, tell me that that wasn't a fantastic comeback by the Islanders to tie that game. I mean, my my genuine only reaction, and I literally put it up on Twitter, was just hysterics, just yeah. laughter. Like, I, of course, they, they came back and tied it because, like you said, they've been that resilient team. Even when they get down, they, they still, you know, they're very calm, they're very collected, and they gather themselves and they say, we can do this. They come they come back from a 3 nothing lead against the Flyers in that game. And, and short of... Let's let's call it a lucky deflection for the Flyers. That that should have been a win for the Islanders. All the momentum was in their favor. And and let's I mean, I, I think a lot of listeners who are probably, you know, tuning in right now would probably agree that was their game to win at that point. Once you come back, the the win was out of the Flyers' sails. And and you know what, I'll give credit to, to Sean Couturier for winning the, the puck battle against Barzell in the corner. That was kind of the difference on that play. He wins that puck battle, you get the shot from the point, it goes in. And they lose. But the moral of that story is you look at what J.G. Pajot said in the postgame presser after that. And he said, yeah, you know what? We, we gave it our all. It didn't work out. But we're going to get back to business in the next game. And they did. So full marks to this team. And full steam ahead here. I, I really like the outlook for the series for the Islanders. Yeah, it's been a good series for the Islanders. And like we've been talking about, their systems have really been the difference. And really, for for most part, too, goaltending has been the difference. Obviously, Semyon Varlamov had the one game where yeah. he wasn't at his best in game two. But again, Thomas Grice come, comes in. He makes a, a couple big saves. He's steady throughout the rest of the game. And he gives the Islanders a chance to win. And it goes back to what Barry Trotz has often said throughout the postseason about his goaltending is that he's comfortable turning to whoever he needs to. And I I think that is such a credit to the goaltending coaches that the Islanders have and the, the, the goaltenders that they have themselves for being in that mentality. Thomas Grice hadn't played since July 29th. It had been almost a full month at that point since he last played he's, in a competitive hockey game. He's a total pro. And he comes Thomas in. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's always been. He's always been cool, cool as a cu- cucumber. Yep. Uh, and that's one thing that Barry Trotz and, and the rest of the team have always said. He could be, uh, you know, he could have played his best game and pitched a 6 nothing shutout, or he could have got lit up, and his demeanor doesn't right. change. And Even that's, keel. Yeah, yeah. It's, such a, it's such a credit to him. And, and, and being able to go in there in that situation is such a huge thing for the Islanders because it gives them that, like you know, we talk about depth when it comes to the other positions. It gives them that depth to make those changes and be a little encouraged. And, and to the Islanders' credit, you know, they responded to the to the task at hand too, and they took credit for the fact that they didn't play great in front of Semyon Varlamov either in that game too. They come out, game three, Varlamov's back in there, and... He has a stellar outing, and yep. he's back to business. The, the you know the one goal he gives up, not the worst goal in the world to give up, not the greatest goal in the, goal in the world to give up, but he responds, and the Islanders responded, and they absolutely played you know great hockey in the second period. They played their style, they got the lead. You know the bottom six forwards are the ones leading the charge. The Islanders have the 
depth to go out there. They have all four lines rolling, and that's what happens. That's the product you get at the end of the day. Matt Martin scoring goals. Leo Komarov is scoring as the <laughs> yes. game winner. And Lee and Anders Lee is able to get the Squeakers. insurance. Yeah, exactly. You get the insurance goal in the third period. But though that, you know, that was a really bottom six driven period. In Born the of hard period. work. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And you know, it's a credit to the guys that um play those positions because we often talk about the top six guys, you know. They're right. the goal scorers. They're the ones that get the you know get all the attention. Anthony Bovillier has been mm-hmm. you know stellar through the series, and he's gotten a lot of attention. But those bottom six guys, you see the importance of the Matt Martins, the Leo Komarovs, um, and the rest of the crew there. Yeah, and now that you mention that, Christian, you look at the playoff series that this team has been in over more recent years, and I feel like you had names like Sezikis and Clutterbuck mm-hmm. and even Martin showing up a little more than we have until last night, uh, this time around, where... You know, the top six, more or less, top nine, if you include uh, Pajot's line, and right, you have to, right. have, have really been leading the charge here. And, and finally, you kind of see the fruits of the fourth line's labor last night getting a goal from Matt Martin. And, and Leo, not, not, a, not on the fourth line, but even still, these, these guys that you don't really expect these contributions from yeah. that are coming in. And, and, and that's, you know, that's kind of always the story. For, for successful teams during the playoffs is usually it's your role players, it's your muckers and your grinders mm-hmm. that are putting in those big, timely goals, and you can't get more timely than Leo last night. Or even Matt Martin. I, and I'm not trying to cut you off there, but yeah. Matt Martin gets the tying goal there in the second yeah, period of off a great feed from Matt Barzal, mind you. And if you look back at the way Matt Martin's played, played first of all, that fourth line played a great game last night. And the Matt Martin played in particularly played very well. But you look back at the goals that Matt Martin has scored during this postseason. He has three goals yeah. during the postseason. All three of them have come in major moments in each series. Absolutely. He gets a tying goal against the Florida Panthers, I believe, in Game 2. He gets the go-ahead goal in Game 2 against the Washington Capitals. Right. And then another tying goal here in Game uh, yeah, it was Game 3 against the Philadelphia Flyers. And those come have come at crucial points in the game. And obviously, again, Matt Martin's not a goal scorer, but the Islanders are undefeated every time he's put the puck in the back of the net. Yeah, and take in that the postseason. stat for whatever it is. But <laughs> to, to, to wrap the point... Is is that you don't you don't go on a long run through the NHL playoffs if guys like that aren't contributing on the score sheet. You need those guys putting pucks in the net, and and it's a testament to to the work that those guys do. Again, not flashy. Say what you want about guys like Komarov and even Matt Martin, but they they put the work in. They grind it out. It led by guys like Sizikis, and you know they they put these 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 hard working goals into the net. And, you know, that really was what the win last night came down to, is, is those guys putting the work in. Because, again, you know, outside of Anders Lee's power play goal last night, I mean, you're just talking about grinding, grinding out yet another comeback and, and putting a win on the board. Yeah, it's, it's so crucial this time of year for the New York Islanders. And, again, it talks to the depth that they have and the fact that when they roll four lines, this team is at its best, and that's what you saw in Game 2. Uh, or game three, excuse me, and even parts of game two a little bit there at the end. Yeah. But game three, uh, especially there in the second and third period. For sure. Well, folks, that went quick. We have to break because Molly Walker from the New York Post is going to join us to talk all about the New York Islanders and their series against the Philadelphia Flyers. So, folks, remember you can always tune in live or for the archives at HockeyNightNY.com. We'll be right back. You have a lot of choices when it comes to great beer, and Oyster Bay Brewing Company provides the best Long Island has to offer. Oyster Bay Brewing Company is dedicated to producing the highest quality beer while staying true to their nautical history on the Gold Coast of Long Island. They're the creators of the renowned Barn Rocker Session Ale and an official partner of the New York Islanders. Whether it's the crisp Barn Rocker, smooth honey ale, savory IPA, or gluten-free hard seltzers, Oyster Bay Brewing Company has an option for everyone. Located at 36 Audrey Avenue, the taproom is open seven days a week with indoor and outdoor seating, so you can experience all of Oyster Bay Brewing Company's excellent selections right in historic Oyster Bay. You can also shop online at OysterBayBrewing.com for curbside pickup, local delivery, or have your order shipped anywhere in New York. And if you use coupon code HNINY at checkout, you'll get 15% off. Oyster Bay Brewing Company, Long Island's Gold Coast Brewery. The only thing better than a great Long Island deli is a great Long Island deli run by diehard Islander fans. Blue Line Deli and Bagels located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington will make any Islander fan feel right at home with its familiar blue and orange theme and Isles decor. 
Blue Line Deli and Bagels proudly serves Bagel Boss Bagels, along with breakfast favorites, hockey-themed heroes, quesadillas, salads, fresh-made smoothies, and much more. So stop on in for delicious food, a clean atmosphere, and a happy staff ready to greet you with friendly service no matter what team you support. Want to place an order for pickup? Call 631-944-3222 or visit bluelinedeli.com to check out the menu and order online. Blue Line Deli and Bagels, where the great selections will have you saying, yes, yes, yes. Customer service is the best. Hope you enjoyed the ads. Now let's get back to Hockey Night in New York with Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Welcome back to Hockey Night in New York. This is Christian Arnold, as always, with Sean Cuthbert. Islanders up in the Flyers series, two games to one, heading into game four. With us on the line to continue to break down what's been going on is Molly Walker from the New York Post. You can follow her on Twitter at Molly Walker with two E's and two R's in the Twitter handle. Molly, thanks so much for coming on today. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Of course. Uh, It's been an exciting series for the New York Islanders and Philadelphia Flyers. They've certainly given a lot of Islander fans something to be happy about. And I think we we were talking about it earlier, Molly, the success of the Islanders five on five game has really been such a a narrative for this entire series and really the postseason. What has it been about the Islanders play on five on five that's just made them so successful and deadly here during the postseason? Um, I really think it's just been how well they've followed Barry's system and structures. Everybody keeps giving them crap, saying it's a boring game. You know, they're not, on the, you know, all that, all those negative adjectives. And when really it's working. So, I mean, how boring could it really be? I mean, it's definitely one of the keys for this series is keeping it five on five. And they've done such a great job of that. I mean, especially in this series, all of their penalties have really been in the back half of the game. And I think that's been so pivotal, especially in that come from behind, uh, even though they lost in overtime, but even, you know, they just, they were not in the penalty box. And I, I remember with the Washington series, that was kind of a problem at times they were rotating in and out of the penalty box <laughs> and constantly right. making it harder for themselves. And that's just making it harder for themselves, especially when they're so good at five and five and they, know that they're so so good at five on five so I think they definitely stressed that more in the flyer series and it's definitely paid off it's funny Molly Sean and I did a show last week and of course I had to run my mouth about how Uh you know it's impossible to go a a full game without really taking a penalty (laughs) and the first three games of the series the Islanders have done a tremendous job of doing that what uh I I, and from your point of view anyway what have the Islanders done to kind of limit those those chances for the flyers in this series because you're right we saw a ton of penalties against the Caps I mean, it's really just been, they're heavy on the forecheck right now. And I think their puck anticipation has also just been stellar. You know, when they're in the five on five and, you know, sticking to that structure, they're all over the ice. I I mean, when I watch them, I mean, I, I never played hockey, obviously. So, I mean, when I watch them, I see certain players remember their spot that they have to be in. They remember the corner that they need to get to the person that they need to be on. And it's just effective. It's it shut, it's shut down. Hockey is what it is. And when they get in that groove, that's exactly what it is. They're suffocating. And, and when the first line gets on a roll, they can really pin teams in their zone for, for long periods of time, especially when you have players like Matt Barzell who can hold on the, onto the puck and, and just cycle around the entire zone for a couple minutes there. It, it just really plays well to their strengths. For sure. Hey, Molly, Sean here. And let, let's key on that. In fact, just before you joined us, we were kind of talking about the unsung heroes for this team. You know, the Leo Komarovs and the Matt Martins, mm-hmm. you know, getting onto the score sheet last night. And maybe you can just talk a little bit about the the work that they're putting in because it's easy to overlook those guys. Obviously, a lot of the praise goes to guys like Barzell and Lee and Bailey and Pajot. Guys are having a great series and great playoffs, you know, so far. Maybe you can just talk a little bit about, you know, the the contributions that these guys have been making on the on the, the bottom six side of things. Yeah, I mean, the Islanders, they pride themselves on being a four-line team. And when they get that, that contribution from the bottom six, it just makes them all the more lethal. I mean, my favorite part about what's been going on with the bottom six lately has 
been highlighted by Leo Komarov. I think, I mean, Christian can tell you today and, and yesterday when Barry was asked about Leo Komarov, I have not seen that man smile as big <laughs> as he did just to get a question about Uncle Leo of all people. And he just gave such a heartfelt, articulate answer about how important guys like Leo Komarov are for for a team like the Islanders. And honestly, any any hockey team in general, you need those glue guys, character guys, bottom six, gritty guys that are going to get their nose dirty that just make a team so much more deeper and just more effective when you have players like that that can come in clutch in times that you wouldn't expect them to. And I mean, I feel like that goal yesterday with Leo trickling in behind Carter Hart was the epitome of Leo Komarov in general. So, I mean, when, but it, as long as you can find the back of the net, you know, that's, that's all that matters. As long as it crosses the goal line, but for sure. And, and I guess, you know, to hear you, you describe Barry's reaction to, to answering a question about Leo. I mean, I think that also probably speaks to what he brings to this team behind the scenes that maybe fans aren't seeing all the time. You know, you mentioned glue guys, and he's certainly one of them, where it seems like he, from what I've heard, from what we've heard, he's a big personality in the locker room. And granted, that's not going to ultimately win you games at the end of the day, but I think it speaks to the importance of having guys like him on the roster. A hundred percent. I mean, I know earlier in the postseason when they first got into the Toronto bubble, there was, I think it was Andrew Ladd's TikTok put a, put a video of, of him, of uh, Kamarov playing the piano. And I mean, you know, that's just pure entertainment behind the scenes. So you, you got Leo playing the, the uh, piano, you got a ping pong tournament starring JG Pajot. I mean, and I mean, I, I, I think him adding JG Pajot to this lineup was, instrumental to this playoff run that they're going on. It just made them such a deeper team making that third line have JG Peugeot because he is just a, a true finisher and he just has a knack for fine in the back of the net, no matter who is giving him the puck. So putting got you could put anybody on the wings of JG Peugeot. You could put Johnson, you could put Gal Cole, you could put Kamarov and it, it just, no matter what he, he, he finds chemistry with them and it just makes them such a deeper team. And yeah, I mean, uncle Leo just, just, highlighting that crew is is truly the cherry on top to this Islanders postseason run. <laughs> We're talking with Molly Walker from the New York Post. Molly, it's funny. One of the things that I think kind of gets overlooked, especially with this New York Islanders team, is kind of what you're talking about there, the chemistry and the camaraderie that these guys have. And I was wondering what you thought of that and how important it is in, in the last, really, the, the entire playoff series, but especially once you get this deep in the postseason, because it certainly seems like the Islanders have a special bond that you kind of don't necessarily see with other teams in the NHL. Maybe it almost feels like a, like a, like a bond when you get when you're playing juniors or when you're playing college hockey almost too, because you're around these guys so much. And really there's the, you know, that common, common bond, I guess you could say. Yeah. You know, this is my first real season covering the Islanders through a whole season. And, and I noticed it from, from day one, really. I noticed that this team really has a special bond and special chemistry and they have each other's backs and they only have nice things to say about one another. And I feel like it's also notable that Barry Trotz talks about it a lot, you know, Barry Trotz was two years removed from a Stanley Cup winning team and he knows what it takes to get to the end and he knows what makes teams special and he often highlights just how strong and close-knit this group is and you can't have that kind of success unless you have each other's backs like it really seems like the Islanders team does. The chemistry just leaps out of the out of the zoom calls now and it just leaps off the ice as well so I mean it's instrumental to what they're doing here. Yeah without a doubt Molly and almost to a fault in the sense that there was people in the media you know almost using as it as an excuse to why the Islanders have been successful like oh they're only winning because they're having a good time like what does that even mean <laughs> you know but, but to, if you're not having a good time then what are you doing <laughs> right exactly like oh you know the teams they're beating aren't having as fun as the Islanders so that's an excuse i don't get it but anyway well, that's that's a shame for them right <laughs> like, exactly <laughs> So moving on, it's it, it can't all be sunshine and rainbows here for the Islanders. You know, as even though they're up on a two to one series lead here against the Flyers, it hasn't been, you know, a, a full sixty minutes for the three games of the series so far. And for whatever reason, maybe save Game One with the the opening goal from Andy Green in the first period. They've they've kind of gotten off to slow starts here against the Flyers, and they've had to pick it up in the second and third period. So, what do you think might just be 
you know, a tribute to that fact that they've been slow out of the gate here against the Flyers? Uh, I think yesterday's game could have been a fact just that they were off from game action for two days. That might have played a part in it. Um, but they preached getting to their game first. And, you know, that it's a good thing that that's at the top of their priority list, but that's not always going to happen. I think the most deadly thing about this Flyers team is, you know, the same thing as the Islanders. They've bounced back from every loss with a win so far this postseason. So if the Islanders can put an end to that trend tonight, then I think they'll have a really strong stranglehold over this series. Talking with Molly Walker from the New York Post. Molly, you got to look at the Islanders' goaltender to, goaltending in this series, too. Um, a real credit, we were talking about it before you came on with us, a real credit to the depth that they have and the goaltending coaches that have, have worked with, with Semyon Varlamov and uh, Thomas Grice. What do you make of uh, Barry's decision to kind of hang with Varlamov, even though you know game two didn't really go the way he thought it was going to go, and he went back in game three and put him right back in there. And there's, a, a I would say, a good chance he plays in uh, tonight in game four. You know, I think Varlamov did so well throughout the postseason that Barry's faith in him hasn't faltered at all because any player is going to have an off day. It happens. It's absolutely impossible for that not to happen. And Barry recognized it in that overtime game and he pulled him. And the great thing about it was that Thomas Grice came through and he didn't let a goal until overtime. So it, it really is, is beneficial for Barry that he does have, he talks about it all the time. He preaches it. He feels comfortable with both goalies, but Varlamov has really proven himself. You know, he wasn't necessarily a guy that everybody was talking about coming into this postseason, especially with some of the goaltenders that he was stacking up against, but he's held his own and he's definitely come in with some clutch saves that have saved the Islanders a couple of times here. But it's definitely beneficial that they have Grace waiting in the wings, but there's no reason not to ride Varlamov for as long as he's hot. But when he's not, then you can pull him and then you have a great safety net, no pun intended, in <laughs> Thomas Grace. <laughs> now, Molly, today on the on the Zoom call before before the game tonight, there was a couple questions about the Islanders showing shades of 1993. Obviously, there are only there's mm-hmm. only one person on this call right now that's old <laughs> enough to remember 1993. I don't appreciate you, that, Give you, you a hint. It's not me or you. But what do you make of the fact that there is now a genuine comparison between what the New York Islanders are doing this year and some of those past teams, including the one in 93, that really kind of wasn't expected to do much and then went on all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals? You know, I think I think it's huge, and I think that's it's really a great comparison to be drawn from because, especially that 1993, I think the most notable comparison is that the Islanders haven't had as many players score more than five goals in one postseason than 1993. So that just is a testament to how you know strong their forwards are right now and and how offensively gifted they are, and that they do have that offensive prowess that might not have been there in the past. So I think the fact that they have, I think it's Anders Lee, J.G. Peugeot, and I can't think of the third, but all three of them have, oh, Beauvillier, seven, five, six goals. And that was the same with uh, the, that, uh, you know, headlining group of the 1993 Islanders. Um, and yes, obviously, before I was born. So it was very <laughs> interesting How to nice for uh, you. write about that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I definitely caught a lot of heat on Twitter for that today. They were like, you're not supposed to say stuff like that. And I'm like, I can't help it. I'm sorry. It's just just the truth and, and the things that I go through. <laughs> <laughs> and something else that's kind of woken up here a little bit for the Islanders through this series, maybe it's kind of taken a secondary here, is the power play is clicking a little bit here. They went uh, one for two, I believe, last night, and one for three in game two. So, you know, the power play was kind of a thorn in the side of the Islanders, and special teams as a whole, really. I mean, we keep talking about how the Islanders mm-hmm. need to stay out of the box, but um, what are you seeing on the power play that's that's made this team look a little more successful now against the Flyers? I mean, like we were talking about with five on five, you know, if they're doing so well at five on five that when they get up five, like five on four, then, you know, how is it not going to work in their favor? But a couple of times, even with the Washington series, they've had a couple of close calls with shorthanded plays. So 
I, I still think, you know, it's, I mean, I've, I've read this on Twitter, people saying, can they decline penalties? You know, that would be hysterical. But, <laughs> right. you know, it is true that they would ideally like to stay on five on five. But if, if they can make it a series X factor, if their power play starts to click, because if they're dominating a five on five and then throwing a couple of power play goals, there's really not much that any opposing team can do. Molly Walker from the New York Post. You can follow her on Twitter at Molly Walker. That's Molly with two E's at the end and Walker with two R's at the end. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us, Molly. We really appreciate you taking some time out before the game tonight and, uh, you know, hopefully have, have you back on soon. Yes, for sure. Thanks so much for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Molly. Take care. Molly Walker from the New York Post. Really, really great stuff there from Molly. Uh, and her coverage has been spot on for the post this entire season. The stuff out there. I mean, yeah. there's a Islander fans are pretty lucky with the beat writers that yes. they have between Arthur, yes. Andrew, uh, Molly has been on the beat newly uh, this season. Of course, Brian Compton, you know, friend of the show or whatever. <laughs> wow, nice I actually plug genuinely for Brian. almost forgot about Compton to be honest with you. Well, yeah, I was going through everybody's name. I was like, all right, got Gross, you're a got solid Arthur, guy. got Molly. <laughs> Who am I forgetting? I was like, oh, be calm. Damn no, it. look, it's nice. The I'm okay the, too, I guess. You're all right. Yeah. Uh, NYIHockeyNow.com. Little yeah. plug there for you. Thank you. Um, yeah, look, it, it's great that. You know, slowly but surely, it seems like there's more people covering the team, and the more the merrier. Because, you know, let's be honest, the Islanders are kind of that forgotten child of New York sports. I mean, hockey (laughs) in general is in New York. The Islanders even more so. Exactly. I mean, once you actually start talking about the teams, I mean, you you can make an argument that the Devils get more coverage than the Islanders, and they're not even in New York. I would argue against that. (laughs) Silly. I think there are a lot of places that go, the Devils, who are they again? Yeah, maybe more more recently, but I can remember a time back in my day. When the, when the Again, devils seem to be getting more plugs in the island. Why I pointed out you're the only one yeah. on that call that was alive. It's, it's or, humbling. Or remember the, the Christian, it's a real reversal for me <laughs> because before you came to town, I was always busting Tony's chops about being the old guy, and now it's me, and I guess I just have to embrace it, right? Yeah. But, hey, look, at least I got to watch the 93 one and that run, and that was uh, magical for an 11-year-old Shawnee C, if I do say so myself. <laughs> but let me tell you, the fact that, for the first time in my adult life that the Islanders are two wins away from getting to the conference yeah. finals is very exciting for me, and I'm sure a lot of people in my similar age group are, are, are feeling the same way. And to, to just piggyback onto what I was saying before is that, you know, and you don't want to take things for granted, but it is coming a lot easier for them this time around. And, and that's not to say that they're not putting the hard work and they're not putting the time in, but again... They, they only drop one game to Florida. They only drop one game to Washington. Currently, they've only dropped one game to Philadelphia. Right. And, and by the, the skin of their teeth, you know, again, this could almost be a, another series where they could have taken, you know, their opponent to the brink immediately. And, okay, they got the loss out of the way early. Right. So, you know, hopefully they can take care of business tonight and then in, in game five. But it's exciting and you don't want to get ahead of yourself. You start thinking about what's going on in the other series with Tampa and Boston. Tampa obviously having a stranglehold there. But it is exciting times here in late August Absolutely. for the New York Islanders. Absolutely. Uh, there's also it seems like there's some breaking news coming down the pipeline Give it from the Florida, uh, the Florida Panthers, the Philadelphia Flyers side of things. Oscar Lindbaum looks like he'll be taking part in uh, pregame warm-ups. It's okay. un- unclear if he will actually play tonight. Or not. So okay. there's a potential for that. Uh, at the very least, we'll see him in the, in the warm-ups. Other, okay. Outside of that, it's unclear if he'll be in the lineup or not. Fair enough. And speaking of warm-ups, I'm speaking of, of who may or may not get in tonight. And this may have already been determined, so forgive me if, if, if I missed it. But is there even a, a chance that Thomas Grice gets in tonight? Or do you think they go right back to I don't, Barlamo I don't know. You, you know, I think in the conventional wisdom would have been Barry Trotz would, I mean, you know, any coach would go with the, with Thomas Grice in this situation, but Barry Trotz has bucked that trend. If you remember back to the Florida Panthers series, I was, it was, I believe that had the last back to back. He went right it. back to him. He went yeah. right back to Samuel Varlamov. So uh, there's a very good chance that Varlamov is the one in the net tonight uh, for game four. And, um, you know, even going forward the rest of the way, this series, do you think because of how he performed in the early going in game two, like we discussed, does that, Maybe give Trotz pause, and maybe he thinks a little bit longer about putting Thomas Grice in tonight. I don't know. I think that he's had the tough choice from right from the onset because the it wasn't really clear if if Varlamov or, or Grice was going to be the starter. 
Um, I think just by the way the playing time went for the uh, preseason game or preseason exhibition game right, <laughs> before yeah. the start of the tournament, sure. it, it was kind of indicated that it was going to be Rollamoff. Which feels like years ago, by the way, but that game against the Rangers. That is why that that performance from Thomas Grice was so impressive, considering he yeah, had not played yeah. a competitive game yeah. since July 29th, which and you know was almost a month ago. We haven't heard a word about it, and I guess we shouldn't have because the guy's not playing in the games, but how's uh, how's our pal Ilya Sorokin doing in the bubble? <laughs> you know, he's hanging out <laughs> right, up there. What's right. going on with him? It's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I, well, because really, the Islanders wanted to shift focus away from that. You know, he had his moment before the tournament. That makes sense. And then the Islanders brass, you know, Barry Trotz and, and um, Lou Lamorello wanted to turn the focus back on the players that were going to be on the ice, back on the players who were going to be competing for the cup. So a lot of that died down, especially once they turned to the bubble. Um and once, obviously, it was clear that he was there. And now that you put it that way, it makes total sense. A Lou Lamarillo run team. Yes. <laughs> keep the focus on the guys that are actually right. in the games. So it, it makes sense. And and honestly, it's the right thing to do. And, I mean, what more would you really gain from, I guess, asking more questions about Ilya Sorokin at this point? Because everyone's focus is really on the current roster and the guys competing for a Stanley Cup and the guys you know, two wins away from moving to the Eastern Conference Final for the oh first time goodness. In, since 1993. Say it again. Say it again from the heavens. So, two games away. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's wild, and it's it's funny. It's funny that we were talking before with Molly about the the mantra of the guys just being up there and having fun. Yeah. Because I mean, that was it was a quote from Leo Komarov today that you know he's he's just trying to go out there and do his best and have fun. And yeah, it seems like that as silly as um, you know Matt Barzell thought. Uh, Anthony Bovillier writing have fun on a stick was at the time. <laughs> right. It certainly se- seems like the rest of the team has bought into that mantra of have fun and um, going out there and just enjoying their time out there. I absolutely agree. I think there's something to it because, look, hockey is not just numbers. It's not just stats in the sheet and what you're doing on the ice. It's also a mindset. And anybody who's played the game and, you know, it starts with confidence, just yep. it's, there's a whole mental aspect to the whole thing. Like, again, I remember commenting on the on the Penguins in the opening round against the Canadians. They just didn't look like they wanted to be there. You know what? I don't want to say that. And I think I, I remember you saying that. I don't want to say the teams didn't want to be there because I don't think that's fair to those I'm, teams. I'm exaggerating, no, no. but to make a point. But I think there are people who gen, genuinely believe that, that there are, were certain teams in the bubble, and, and they've used it against the Islanders, which I don't think was fair or has been fair um, right. when they talk about, how, oh, you know, Florida just, or you know Washington just didn't look like a team that wanted to be there. I think that's, A, insulting to the Islanders and, B, insulting to the Capitals. You know, if those guys didn't want to be there, they wouldn't have showed up. They had the option of not going. And right. I think that, um, it's a real kind of unfair narrative p- to put on both teams because it takes away from just how well the New York Islanders have played this entire right. series, se- series the, way, the way they've been played uh, the entire playoffs. Um, and it takes away from the Capitals, too. I mean, those guys, they weren't just going out there to have fun. Or let me rephrase that. <laughs> they weren't just going out there for, you know, their, own, amu- their own, yeah, paycheck, their own amusement. They were going out there because they want to win a cup. I, I, I think... I truly believe that every team that went to the bubble yeah. turned that mindset on said, we're course. going to win a cup. And I think that narrative was so silly then, it's so silly now. Yeah, no, it's not to be taken literally when I say they look like they didn't want to be there. But no, like, I want to admonish you, Sean. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> but to continue off of Idiot. that thought, thank you. Uh, <laughs> to continue off of that thought, though, it does seem like there have been some teams that have bought into this whole return-to-play situation more than others, and and the Islanders have been highlighted for that, and good for them. You know, whether it's they themselves or whether it's Barry Trotz and then the coaching staff, I mean, full marks to them because, again, it's a very unique situation. I know we've, we've been beating a dead horse here with this, but it's true. Uh, look, if, if you're a professional sports athlete, regardless if you're in the NHL or not, you're going to feed off the energy, the the atmosphere, the crowd. Right. And, and you know, not everybody is going to be able to just, you know, flip a switch and say, okay, I'm, I'm playing playoff hockey right now. You'd like to think so, but it's going to be different for every guy. So I have to give the Islanders a lot of credit, and they absolutely are having fun, aside from right. the fact that they're stating it themselves. But it's funny, <laughs> you know, it, and it wasn't even immediately after his goal, but there was one point in the game last night where the camera just panned to Komarov on the bench. And it was just him by himself, and he had a smirk on his face. Like, he had a little smile on his face. He's having a good time. I think there's something something to be said about the character that Leo Komarov is in front of 
the media and then behind closed doors because there, I think there is a certain bit of character to him even when he's in front of us considering Look, the ant. There is a, a reason why Lou Lamarillo decided to sign him to a four-year contract for the amount of dollars that he did because I, I, there was yeah. a lot of questions raised for that. Oh, and, for sure. And apparently there were some other teams involved. I, I believe I heard that the Rangers were trying to get him. So he's a commodity. I mean, even if he doesn't show it on the right, ice right. every time, <laughs> he's a desired commodity in the NHL. And you're seeing why it's funny it's funny because steve simmons uh, you know of all people steve simmons and islander fans can just roll their eyes and i get it he's not like he's 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 been a friend to islander fans lately the way he's been digging at the least that's what i'm saying the you know last night i think it was uh he tweeted something about leo komarov and matt martin scoring you know scored the the two goals for the islanders yeah i think at the end of the tweet was (laughs) remember those guys leave fans or something like that yep yep Uh, so i mean there is something to be said and it again it's proven that when you bring guys, the right guys, into a system that suits them and, and these guys fit the system that Barry Trotz is p- em- employing here with the New York Islanders, um, you see how effective it can, it can, it can be. And I, look, I get it. I was per- certainly one of the people that was going, what are we doing You know, paying Leo Komarov this much money to do X, Y, and Z? You used we again there, Christian. Just want to point that out. Well, I'm when I say <laughs> we... I just had to call you out for it. That's all. Go ahead. Anyway... <laughs> It's a more. It's not the way you're taking it. But what are you doing, paying you know Leo Komarov that much money for X X Y and Z? Da 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 da. To get back to where I was going with that, when you look at the way he, when we look at the way that um, he was run, I, there was a, certainly questions from a lot of people. I, 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 I was certainly one of them. It's basically what I was getting before. Yeah. Sean had to be a jerk and throw me off my train of thought. There. That's what I'm here for, buddy. So <laughs> it's paying off. It's paying dividends. Even the Matt Martin trade. Islander yeah. fans love Matt Martin. Yeah. He's you know he's Mister Islander. You know two mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Sure. But. There was even some questions when you know you trade for a guy like that and the role that he plays yeah. for the amount of and term his that contract he had. is up this year. Yeah, um, so it'll be interesting, and I think it certainly has changed the narrative around the two two of these guys during the postseason. Certainly changed the narrative around those guys. You know, thinking back now to Matt Martin, the fact that you're right, his contract is up after the yes. season. So uh, it'll be interesting. It certainly it certainly goes to show you that. Sometimes what's on paper as far as numbers and stats go don't necessarily tell the whole story. And I think with these two guys, it's been a real realization for a lot of people inside and outside of the Islander faithful, you know, the people who cover the team religiously, the people who cover the team uh, more superficially, that these guys certainly bring much more to the table for this organization than they did for the Leafs or any other organization for that matter, and it's certainly paying off. Without question, and again, it goes back to what I said before, you're not going deep into the playoffs if you don't have guys like that contributing yeah, on the 100%. score sheet. You can't expect your top six guys to be putting all the pucks in the net. And and thankfully, in their own way, as we've noted on this show, is that the Islanders do have depth. I, I mean, granted, we've 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 noted many times that not so much in the in the scoring department at large when you talk about superstars right. and whatnot. But when you just talk about guys that you can slot into a lineup and do a, a more than ad, or, or an admirable job, and the Islanders have that. And there's guys that, you know, we, we've seen this now cycle through the lineup. There's right. been a couple of changes here against the Flyers. You had, you know, Roscoe Johnson getting in, Johnson getting in <laughs> yeah. for a couple of games, and, and he contributed. We didn't get a chance yeah. to talk about that, you know, the, the contributions he made in the games he was playing in. And you have him rotating in and out. You had Dal Cole rotating in and out in the series previous against the Capitals. And you get Broussard getting back in last night, who who was, who was played a huge role in, yep. in the Komarov yep. goal last night. So, again, you have these guys that are able to come in and out. And we haven't seen Johnny Boychuk since the opening round against the Florida Panthers yeah. because he got hurt. Green comes in. He's been excellent for, for what you expect of a, of, of a guy that's my age, thirty <laughs> late 30s, coming into the lineup and, and slotting next to Letty. And he's been a bit of a revelation and and thankfully, knock on wood, I mean, the team has stayed healthy, you know, through these series. You have a couple of bumps and bruises here with Clutterbuck and with Boychuk, but for the most part, they've been able to maintain health. And and you, you're seeing the fruits of, of the labor of this this deep team and, and the way these guys are slotting in. A hundred percent, Sean. Are you telling me you're the same age as Andy Green? Is he 38? He is 37. So oh, he is so younger then, uh, than you're, oh, he's God, younger than is, you. That is that is just embarrassing. humbling on embarrassing for you on many levels. Yeah, I'm probably. I mean, at 38, he's probably in much better shape than you will ever be. In <laughs> he better life. be. He's a professional yeah, hockey so, player. I mean, geez, I'm he, doing all right, but but know, yeah, the that. guys <laughs> may lay off a burger or two, but 
Oh wow! Well, he he's holding his own. Yes, and and a hundred percent. He's making me look bad, even though with that grizzled beard that he has, he might might look at five or six years older than me. But he's doing a great job. I'll give him that. I do love the fact that through this entire time, Andy Green has basically looked like a guy who played for the nineteen eighties Dynasty Islanders. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. I think I saw somebody on Twitter say that it was really oh hundred percent. Yeah, I think it was Wyshynski. Uh, pu- old Puck Daddy said yeah. something about that. It's really nice of him to bring a, bring a guy back from the dynasty years. Funny stuff, but again, it's just look. There's a, there's a lot of things to like, you know. Again, they're not through this series yet. Big game tonight. It's going to have huge implications, but you know, you don't want to get overexcited. But there really is a lot to like about this team. I've had a lot of fun watching. I'm sure you guys listen have had a great time too. But Christian, with that said, we have to take another break. So once again, folks, I want to remind you and thank you for listening to Hockey Night in New York. Remember, you can tune in live or for the archives at HockeyNightNY.com. We'll be right back. Customer service is the backbone of any great business, and reliable telecommunication is essential to keeping your client base happy. Introducing Thai Technology, a low-cost, flexible internet phone service founded on the idea that every customer deserves exceptional service while providing simple setup and management and easy integration to clients across the country. Thai Technology will not only create a custom solution tailored to your specific needs, but will partner with you to provide a competitive edge to you and your clients. And if you need support, you won't be routed to an automated call center in another country you'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account so islander fans if your business is looking for a change from companies like spectrum verizon or optimum thai technology is offering three free months of service for any of its affordable packages just call 516-856-7800 that's 516-856-7800 or visit them on the web at thaitechnology.com that's thai t-i-e technology.com thai technology the right choice for your internet phone service when it comes to Long Island hockey swag, no one does it better than Yes Men Outfitters, the independent lifestyle brand born on the island to support the game, the team, and the players you love. If orange and blue are your team colors, visit YesMenOutfitters.com for a wide selection of themed shirts, hats, hoodies, and newly added masks and tumblers. All apparel is designed and created in-house with the same passion and dedication as your favorite team on the ice. So upgrade your wardrobe and show off your pride today by visiting YesMenOutfitters.com. And don't forget to use promo code HNINY for 15% off your order. Yes, men outfitters, stick to the system. Did you have a nice break? Well, it's time to get back on the couch for more Islanders therapy with Shawnee and C. Arnold on Hockey Night in New York. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen, talking a little Isles Flyers here. And Christian, I believe there was something you wanted to discuss here coming back. I wanted to apologize very briefly. Oh, an apology. Just because I was giving you a hard time about your age. And I think it's because um, my birthday is in a couple weeks. Oh, look at that. And I will be hitting an age that's much older than, it's hard to imagine I'm hitting this specific age. I don't want to say how old it is. It's still much younger than you. But still, it, it's been crazy. But obviously, with my birthday coming up, I've just been thinking about stuff I want. Obviously, you, you know, family members <laughs> always text me, "Hey, what do you want for your birthday?" What do you mean? I'm like, you know, it, it, I'll be 28, so it's kind of never like, happened. That never happened. <laughs> I'm like, all right, like it's a little weird, but certainly been looking at some of the stuff on the Oyster Bay website because the ah. shirts and the merchandise they have are. I, I love it. It's fantastic. I, and we've talked about it quite a few times off the air. We about have. how much, have. how much, like I want this and I want that, and then I. Look You're at, a very greedy individual. I yes. look at my bank account and I go, I can't really afford that. So I'm gonna have to wait till my birthday. <laughs> so I've been, I've been looking at it. My, my, look pulled, at you. Pulled one or two things from the website and sent it to some family members. No like, hey. shame in your game. Dropping birthday hints. Live on the air. No, no, this is for my family. For my family. I, you know, I sent the links. You know, whatever. This is what I want. Wow. Um. But I would absolutely suggest also, if anyone's <laughs> listening, to check out Oyster Bay Brewing Company for sure. on their, their website. Uh, they have a lot of great merchandise. Plus, you can order beer and merchandise. And if you use the promo code H-N-I-N-Y, you'll that's get right. 15% off your yes. purchase. So that's OysterBayBrewingCompany.com or OysterBayBrewing.com. OysterBayBrewing. Oyster you will get it right one day, yes. Christian. One day. But I'm here to correct you But obviously, every show that you get it wrong. Yes, they have some great stuff. And like I said, promo code H-N-I-N-Y, you'll get 15% off of anything you purchase, whether it's beer or it is some of their 
sweet, sweet swag that they have. That is correct. So let's bring it back to the games that they played this week. We'll dive a little more in depth, just touch on some of the finer details, the happenings <laughs> of games one <laughs> through tidbits, three. If you will. Yeah, the tidbits, if you will. Chicken tidbits. And we will obviously start with game one. So if you're an Islander fan, you had to love how this series started. 4 nothing. Yes. Barry Trotz hockey. Back-to-back shutouts for Semyon Varlamov. In fact, he is now the new franchise holder of the longest shutout yes. streak in postseason play. So kudos to that man, even though he laid an egg in the next game. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I mean, it's the most Islander and, narrative that, that would happen it, in the same game. Yeah, but it's so funny because he had to get to the start of game two to get the record. And literally like a minute... And 10 seconds later, he gives up the first goal and, and the wheels <laughs> fall off. But he did get the record, so so credit to him. But but again, game one, excellent game played by this team. You had Andy Green getting that goal late in the first period, as we discussed earlier. And they, they roll on to a 4 nothing win. And you have uh, JGP. I, mean, I can't say enough about Pajot oh, in this phenomenal. postseason for the Islanders. And, and we kind of... You know, tried to tease this entering the postseason, and 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 just talked about what he had done for the Senators, what his reputation has been, and he has delivered in spades for this team since the postseason started. Oh, absolutely! And again, it goes back to what I've said a number of times on this program about just the um, obviously the, what he brought to the team, but also the fact that they weren't necessarily relying on him, over relying on him like they were when he first got here with right. with a lot of the injuries yes. that were going on. So it certainly yes. has taken a lot of the weight off his shoulders and allowed him to get into the successful game that he plays. And he's doing it with guys like Komarov and Justin on his line. And it shows just the players, because obviously people came in and go, oh, you know, he's just having a, this is a one-off year, he's, this is, you know, an anomaly, blah, 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 blah. No, he's the real deal, man. And it's certainly proven through this postseason. And, and I mean, I think at this point, the fact that the Islanders are, you know, a couple wins away from going to the Eastern Conference Final, knocking out the Philadelphia Flyers, um... I think almost every Islander fan would probably take that contract. Take that your he draft has picks, now. Take your yep. contract. Take the trade. Absolutely. And they'd be happy with just to be at this point in the season. Look, Lou Lamarillo recognized that this is without question a win-now team, and that became evidently clear once he re-signed Lee, mm-hmm. Nelson, Eberle to long-term deals. Yes. I mean, those guys are not spring chickens. They're not old like me yet. <laughs> uh, that didn't feel good. But, you know, when you have guys like that either approaching or in their early 30s, Obviously, there is a window here for this team, and Lamarillo recognized that. He said, "You know what? Screw the picks. I'm bringing a guy that this this team needed." And this is something that has been discussed on this show prior to that, where that center spot on the third line was a black hole, yep. and it, and it yep. was it was a trouble <laughs> spot for this team during the season. I mean, it was glaring once they started losing games after the big run early on, right? So. You know, you see a lot of people giving out about Lamarillo and maybe his inactivity or, or some of the decisions that he's made. But, I mean, folks, can we give credit where it's due now? Two two wins away from the conference finals? Where JGP has not only filled this role to a damn T, winning faceoffs, playing the penalty kill, playing the power play, scoring timely huge goals, the tying goal in Game 2 mm. that sent it to overtime. I mean, the guy has delivered, so... I mean, full marks to Lamarillo for recognizing that need, filling it, and giving us a lot of things to be excited about going into Game 4 tonight. Yeah, no, and I mean, look, you look at Game 1, that was certainly the Islander style of hockey. In Game 2, obviously, the, the script kind of flipped a, bit, a little bit. You know, Semyon Varlamov gets the record for longest shutout streak among Islander goaltenders in uh, the playoffs for fran- uh, you know, a franchise record. Mm-hmm. And then the wheels fall off the bus a little bit. You know, Varlamov doesn't have the best game. Yeah. Listen, it's going to happen like like we've said, like Molly said before when she was on. You know, this is this is a point in the season where, you know, you're going to have one of the two of those games. And the, the Islanders have played 12 yes. games, and yeah. they've only lost three. And they've gotten, and, and again, credit, like we were saying before, credit to the fact that Thomas Grice was ready to go, jumps in there. The Islanders look a little more reinvigorated in the, you know, as the game goes on, they get, you know, one late in the second period, and then they get two in the third to tie things up and force overtime. I mean, that was, uh, simply put, that was that was Islanders' resiliency right there. And, you know, look, I get it. They didn't get the win. And Business that, as usual. That's tough. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's tough that they don't get the win. But also, you look at the resiliency. That's also a loss that has the potential to really Steer throw, a series. throw things off yeah. for the next game. And granted, yeah. maybe the, the you know, a couple days off in between with everything else that was going on, how, mm-hmm. uh, you know, made that task to kind of move on a little easier. Yeah. But you, you got to give them credit where credit's due. They, they came back in the next game, you know, 
Not a great first well, period. They I'll get tell to you a, what, Christian, a great second and third. If they had a completed that comeback that night, we'd be talking about a sweep right now. Yeah, going into tonight, one hundred percent. Yeah, and that's also you know you talk about momentum. I mean, forget just, about the, the the actual literal fact that they would be up three games right, to right, none. Right. But I'm just saying, like, how crushing would that oh, have been for 100%. the Philadelphia Flyers for them to give up that three nothing lead and then lose in overtime? Oh, it would have been it would have been soul crushing. And I think there were a lot of Flyer fans that certainly were. Yeah, if the Islanders won, they're like, All right, we might as well just go home. Yeah, it's throw not the gonna, towel in yeah. for sure. But but again, and to touch on Pajot again in the post game after that game, he recognized the fact that they fell short. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know what, though? Back to business next time. And they did. They got back to it. They won game three. And here we are. So, again, it's just, it's... It's admirable the job that, that these players have been doing in the coaching staff and, and just how laser-focused they are on, on playing their game and just not getting off of it. it, it it's, nothing has rattled this team, absolutely nothing. Yeah. You know, they have, they, they've had their bumps, they've had their struggles, they've had their silly penalties that I talked about last week. But all in all, you know, even, even when there's some adversity, they stick to their game and, 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 and a 2-1 to series lead against the Flyers is the fruits of their labor right now. Yeah, absolutely. It's been, it's, you know, there's, the Islanders still have a tough task ahead. They know how tough it is to close out a series. They've, you know, been this close to closing it out before. I mean, they're, you know, two games shy now, but they've been in that situation where they have a chance to close out. Those are never easy wins. Right. And they, they know, we've seen it in the last couple of games, the Flyers are not going to go down easy. They're going to come out and they're going to try and establish their game. And their game throws the Islanders off. It shuts down the Islanders' ability to really transition uh, and break out, which is really the key to their success when they're on, you know, five on five. Right. Uh, and you saw it in game three in the first period, the the, Flor- the Florida Panthers. I don't know why I keep you wanting can't. to do that. Well, you know, they the both start with the sound Philadelphia, of, of F. The Philadelphia so. <laughs> Flyers did that um, very well in game three in the first period. They really, you know, yeah. kind of squashed the Islanders' offensive ability to get out of their own zone. They hemmed them in. They were great cycling the mm-hmm. puck. Um, you know, when they forced those Islander Lions to be out for an extended period of time. And, and that first goal... Um, by Pitlick, Pitnick, Pitlick, Pit, Pitlick, I believe. Yeah, I think you're right. There. Was we'll kind, go with that. was kind sure. of the um, kind of seemed like it was coming at that point in the game because the Flyers had dominated that first period. They were out shooting the Islanders. They were certainly you know out controlling the Islanders, mm-hmm. and they really you know really controlled the pace of that first period. And the Islanders really didn't have a great answer for it, and they really were tired. You saw it in the number of the icings that were taken in the first period by the Islanders, and then they got into their game in the second period. They came out like a, mm-hmm. a, an entirely different team. And not for nothing, Christian, even that goal from Pitlick in, in the first period was was akin to the to the goal they scored in overtime in game two, in that it was it was just it was a seeing eye shot. There were like six guys in the way. It yeah. just happened to get through the screen and it beat Varlamov. Again, like the Islanders aren't giving the Flyers much. No, no, but uh, you know it also goes back to capitalizing on your chances. So sure. that goal, you know, that's a goal. Again, we talked about the resiliency. That's another example. If the Islanders were outplayed that first period, they kind of turned it on a little bit in the last ten, five, ten minutes or so of that period. Yeah, and then second period, third period was all them. You know, they get the lead in the second. And then they get the insurance goal in the third, and then they shut everything down. You know, they go back and they play a much more defensive style of hockey. They don't give the Flyers much, and game's over. We're looking at 2-1 series. Yeah, and how about Vigneault pulling the goalie like eight minutes to go in game one? Yeah. You don't I, see I, that often. I think at that point, I think we were talking about this before the show too. I think at that point you're like, what's the difference between yeah. losing 3 nothing or 4 yeah. nothing? Because let's say he get, they get a hey, goal. Hey, it worked out nice for the Isles. Yeah, but they get, they, get, <laughs> they get a goal there, and it's you know, a 3-1 game, and certainly the outlook is a lot sure, more yeah, positive yeah. for them in that moment. Yeah, yeah. well, you know what? Didn't work out for them, and, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> so, Obviously. So here we are. So, uh, Christian, I think we're good. We know what happened last night. Yeah. We talked about Varlamov having a tough go in game two. I don't think we need to really dive much further in and we talked about the fact that Johnson got in he he had a great game what was that was that in game one when he had the yeah he had he factored in the goals there so you know again trains rolling they're rolling good everything's fine and I think with that Christian it's time for the hero of the week so with that being said folks when you hear this song it's time for the hero of the week brought to you by the Oyster Bay Brewing Company beer of the week This week's beer is the Pumpkin Ale, coming back because fall is around the corner. A classic bronze-colored malt-forward spiced beer, perfect to transition from summer to fall because, folks, sadly enough, we are in late August and fall is around the corner. With that being said, Christian, I went first last week, so it is your turn to start us off this week. Who is your hero of the week? I think it has to go at this point to Leo Kamarov. 
for his effort in Game 3. Gets the big-time goal. Uh, just a, uh, a crucial force in this Islander series, really, even aside from the goal that he gets there. It's his first of the postseason, his first goal of the of the year since February 21st or something like that, since uh, since the Islanders played Detroit in February, which was uh, pretty amazing too. But really, again, he's he's kind of fit on, on all these different lines through through this series, through other series, um, and he's kind of been that utility guy that the Islanders have really uh, needed. And we talked about the character earlier. He's certainly uh, you know presented that and helped the Islanders uh, in ways that sometimes don't show up on the score sheet. So Leo Komarov has to be my hero of the week here. Christian, I really don't like what's happening here. We had the same thought. Because we don't rehearse this <laughs> before the show. We don't we don't discuss who the hero who our heroes are gonna be. This is completely by chance, but I think we're we're on week three in a row now where we are in unison in our heroes of the week. And you know what? We're just gonna have to roll with it. I guess that's a good thing. I guess we're both seeing the same thing out in the ice. It makes the imaging way easier for you. It, it does make my job a little easier. But with that being said, credit to the uncle. Let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> for uncles, more specifically, Uncle Leo, as Christian said, the guy is 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 contributing where he can, given his perhaps limited ability. He's he's making himself known in the series for good reasons, yeah. and he potted the game winning goal last night. And that's all you can ask for from a guy <laughs> like him, even if it's it only squeaks <laughs> over the goal line. But all that matters is it gets in. So I'm with you there, buddy. Uncle Leo Komarov is our hero of the week. Good stuff there. And is there anything, I guess we can just touch on real quick, a little preview of tonight. We, we discussed the fact that we're unsure who's going to get the start. We're going to find out that soon. If it, if it hasn't you know, kind of come over the Twitter line that we're not seeing right now, uh, whether it's Varlamov or Grice, I think it's going to be Varlamov. I think you're right. He's, Barry's just going to stick with him. He had a great game last night. The game didn't go to overtime, so you know there wasn't any extra work in there. So I say go back to Varlamov. And, but that being said, buddy, I don't have a problem if they go with Grice tonight. Yeah, it's certainly, I think he proved in that uh, you know, last game that he can certainly fill in if he needs to in, in, in net. And you know, he, he stood tall for the Islanders in relief in game two, uh, game two um, and really gave them every opportunity to win that game. And uh, played lights out. And I think there's no question now. You know, it's not just lip service anymore that Barry Trotz is saying. He has trust and faith in both his goaltenders. He's gone out and he's gone and shown that this team can play in front of either one of those guys in net, and those guys can stand up tall when they need them to. And I believe Trotz may have teased that there could be a lineup change. Yes, he said there's the possibility of one or two changes tonight. Okay. What that means is always a fun guessing game. I have, I have no Broussard, idea. Broussard, perhaps? I, I mean, I who possibly, else is really but, coming in but around, But then right? again, he played so well. Why would you take out yeah, Broussard? Yeah, it, It'll be an interesting decision to see if there are any changes or more. maybe it's more gamesmanship where you're just trying to play with everyone's head. Sure, sure. So what do you expect to see tonight? You think the Islanders keep the train rolling here, go up 3-1? to one, You think there's going to be some pushback from the Flyers? There has been pushback by the Flyers this entire series. Uh, I would expect nothing less, and I think the Islanders realize that. The emphasis this morning, though, was a lot of making sure that they get out to a, a quick start, a better start than they did in game two, a better start than they did in game three. Uh, and that would make that could make the world a difference because the Islanders, when they're going for a full 60 or even, you know, 50 minutes for that matter, yeah. um, it certainly makes their job and certainly makes uh, the game much easier for them uh, when they go out and they have a more complete effort. And obviously it's a very, very, you know, no, no duh statement, but still, <laughs> yes, it's um, killing it, Christian. You know, the way you look at the way this, this year, these games start in the series, the Islanders have not had great starts, but right. they've certainly had, they've certainly managed to mount the comeback and get back into form after that. I think they'd like much more to be right there from go instead of having to play that catch up game. Yeah. And I think what you can kind of piggyback off of that is as long as the score doesn't get out of hand, if, if you don't see the Flyers going up to another three, nothing lead early, you like the Islanders' chances to take another win, regardless of, of yeah. how the how the game starts. Hopefully, like you said, they're they're a little faster out of the gate and they don't take ten to twenty minutes before they really start playing. But you know what? I just love the way this team is playing. I love their resili- resiliency that you've been keying on all night tonight. And it would not shock me if if by the time this night is over, they're up three to one. But like you said, the Flyers are going to give them a go. We'll see what happens. But uh, I really like the way the Isles are playing. Absolutely. And I think, too, you look back real quick at what, what 
difference makers in the series. The the coaching has certainly been a, a big difference maker between the Islanders and Flyers. And you've seen Elaine Vigneault not really have the responses for when the Islanders push back for his team. But yeah. Barry Trotz has been masterful. We talked about it before last series, and we're seeing it again a bit that this guy, Barry Trotz, can really make the difference when it comes to his strategy and how he's put this team together and how he's coached this team because, you know, I think there's something to be said for coaches may or may not have as much of an impact on on teams and games and wins and losses as we think, but in this case, this might be the exception to the rule. When it comes to the Islanders, I don't think there is any effing doubt. <laughs> wow, that was very emphatic. Well, because it needs to be emphatic. It needs to be stated what a difference Barry Trotz has made for this team. Oh, 100%. And that's that's the point I'm getting at. Is yeah. He's made the difference. And in this case, Barry Trotz, uh, the, 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 he'll never admit it. He'll never take sure. credit. But he's been a, classy guy. a huge difference maker in how this team has functioned uh, really since he's gotten he here. He has truly made this team a sum of its parts, without a doubt. Oh yeah, without a doubt. So hats off to him. Let's let's keep it going. And I think with that, buddy, we can close this thing out. So, folks, I want to send a big thank you to hanging with us for this pregame edition of Hockey Night New York at six thirty. Rare show, and we want to send a big thanks to Molly Walker of the New York Post for hopping on and joining us for a great spot tonight. Thanks to our presenting sponsor, Oyster Bay Brewing Company. For present the show tonight, they are the creators of the Barn Rocker Session Ale, an official partner of the New York Islanders. Remember, you can order their great beers, brewery, and Barn Rocker merchandise at OysterBayBrewing.com for curbside pickup, local delivery, or shipping anywhere in New York. And remember, folks, if you're thinking about placing an order, use coupon code HNINY for 15% off. We want to send out a big thanks to our pals at Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Donnie doing great work over there. Located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Head on over for fantastic food, even better service, and great Islander fans. They're awesome over there. So check out their menu at BlueLineDeli.com and make sure you try the new Hockey Night in New York wrap. It's delicious because it's named after us. And last but not least, Thai Technology. Huge thanks to them for jumping on and sponsoring the show, a voice over IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. Check them out at Thai Technology, T-I-E Technology.com for all your telecom needs. Or give them a call at 516-856-7800. Folks, once again, thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast providers. Tell your friends. Spread the word. Follow Christian on Twitter at C underscore Arnold 01. Follow myself at Shawnee Hockey. Follow the show at Hockey Night NY on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Game four is moments away. We're going to be here to cover it next week. Thanks for tuning in. For Christian Arnold, my name is Sean Cuthbert. Have yourselves a great game four and a wonderful Sunday night. Take care, folks.